Welcome to the Mordcast, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Before we get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, got uh, a special podcast with Mark Blanchard from Blanchard Family Wines coming up on Saturday. Uh, it'll be released Saturday morning. I uh, hope you all enjoy it. Uh, Mark's a great, great guy. In fact, he knows a lot about basketball, so the next time I have him on, he and I are going to be talking a lot about, about basketball. But... His business, Blanchard Family Wines, is, as you know, in the last two years I've been reading this, is uh, my favorite place to go in Denver. Well, at least one of my favorite places to go in Denver. A uh, great place to get wine. And if you're like me and you appreciate wine, you enjoy wine, um, I'm a connoisseur of just red wines in general, um, it really is your place to go. Because they've got, you know, a great variety of wines. Uh, 2017 Cabernet, as you know, is my favorite. So if you're going down to the Gary, dairy block, the Gary block, the dairy block, and you're you just want to hang out like Rocky's game is on. Restrictions are being lifted. Uh, if you're vaccinated, you're good to go. Uh, safe, still safe, socially distant. I believe Denver is 75% capacity. Go to the Dairy Block. They got seating outside. It is gorgeous. If you're having a night where you're just down in lower downtown, make Blanchard Family Wines your destination right in the middle, like literally smack dab in the middle of the Dairy Block. Uh, if you're, if you're like me and you're not fully vaccinated yet, but I will be in the middle of May, um, uh, I will be two weeks after my dose, whatever, you'll don't need to know that. Anyway, um, in your, you can't go in just yet, uh, go to bfwdenver.com and, uh, order a bottle of 2017 Cabernet, get yourself some Pinot, get yourself some Syrahs. They got partnerships with Western Slope wineries called Restoration and Storm Cellars. One of them sells, uh, it specializes in Rieslings, um, which isn't really my bag, but uh, just people really enjoy them. Uh, and it's kind of the specialty of the Western Slope. Um, you can get those. They do delivery. They do uh, shipment. And they do uh, curbside pickup. Uh, they also do virtual wine tastings, which are insanely popular and really has kept them uh, really going through the pandemic. Uh, so get your virtual wine test, uh, tasting, you know, book it. They'll send you some tastes of things, some charcuterie to pair with some wine, and you'll have a good time on a Zoom call with, usually it's Mark, but sometimes James. And it's just a good time for all. Once again, they're located between 18, uh, 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Go to bfwdenver.com to get your bottle of wine or book yourself a virtual wine tasting. When you go in or when you talk to them or you go to Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, okay, the Nuggets won their fourth in a row last night, and I, I kind of don't, I, I don't do recaps, uh, it's only rare that I do recaps of games, but I kind of want to focus on a, on what I see as an interesting and probably could be troubling, could be great narrative that has come out of the, uh, the absence of Jamal Murray, in the, the, despite the fact that the Nuggets are still winning games. Um... They beat the Blazers last night, and the Blazers were full strength. There's no excuse for this. Yes, it was the second night of a back-to-back, but they held out Yusuf Nurkic and uh, Damian Lillard the, the night before against the Clippers, and they almost won that game against the Clippers. Should have, probably. And 
you fast forward to the night next night, they're playing the Nuggets and they got two fully rested guys who are key parts of their rotation. Um, and one star, the other guy is, you know, we're all familiar with Yuka. Yuka. Um, what I have seen is something that's kind of, it's a plot twist. And I think we need to discuss this in a manner that is, uh, not personal, uh, not invective filled comments on that you get on Twitter. And I think there is a nuance here that we can't ignore, but needs to be talked about. Um, and that is Will Burton and Will Burton as taking it upon himself to be Jamal Murray. Um, there are some good and bad things about this. And one of the things that I have noticed is it definitely has influenced the Nuggets at the end of games, particularly in the fourth quarter. And there are things that I need to set this up with, why I think this is both good and troubling at the same time. Uh, let me start with this context. Michael, Michael Porter Jr. started 8 for 8 this game. Uh, his uh, people, and I've listened to a couple, about three or four podcasts this morning, uh, all talking about the same thing. Um, how Porter is, and his uh, uh, hot start threw off the rotation. And that is true. Um, usually, what Malone's been doing the last three or four games is playing Porter with the second unit uh, at the end of the first into the beginning of the second quarter to kind of help with the offense there. But Porter was so hot that Malone left him in. I mean, you don't blame him for that. I don't blame him for that. Uh, just Porter was just unbelievable. He couldn't miss, and he was getting good, good great rebounds and hitting good shots. And uh, it was just, you don't you want to ride that hot hand. And the Nuggets were struggling to defend that first quarter, so you needed all the offense you could get. Um, come in the second quarter, and he just... He didn't shoot the ball once. I don't think he even touched the ball in the in the, uh, in the second quarter, which was which was alarming. Come to the third quarter, they start forcing it a bit with Porter, both the Nuggets and Porter, and it led to just some discombobulated play. They get kind of a bullshit uh, flagrant foul call. Porter goes out, comes back in in the fourth quarter, and doesn't shoot. And there is this leads into what I'm talking about with Will Barton. Part two of this is Nikola Jokic. Um, Nikola Jokic is great at picking his spots, but one of the things I thought is a is a um, you know it's a side quote unquote benefit, and I don't mean benefit. Don't take me this way, folks. But a side uh, way that the Nuggets can adapt to this is the fact that they became overly reliant on the Jokic and Murray pick-and-roll two-man game. Um, it was their default at the end of games, uh, and they needed to break out of that because, look, if, if teams identify this, yes, there's there's a you-can't-stop-this kind of element to this, but there was a um, teams just know it's coming, and in the playoffs it's easier, it becomes easier to defend, so you have to depend on Jamal Murray hitting tough shots, all that stuff. They needed variety. And this is going to force variety on them. Um, Jokic is is still adjusting to the fact that he doesn't have Jamal out there. I mean, as everyone is in, in the team. 
but Jokic is learning where to pick his spots on this. He's learning where to apply the right pressure. And this is going to take some time, folks. Uh, but they, the good thing about this is that there's 14 more games left. The Nuggets have won four in a row. Jokic will figure it out. Um, each The game against the, the Grizzlies, he was unstoppable. Against the Blazers, he missed a bunch of shots, but he was still good. It was hard to explain. This is one of those hard-to-explain games with, with Jokic. He, hit, he missed some shots, but he didn't play poorly. Um, he played, actually, really good defensively in the fourth quarter. Um, there were things that uh, you can identify with, with Jokic where he's still adapting. And this, this whole thing is about adapting. And when it comes between to um, Nikola Jokic and the rest of the team, one pivot point that I need to point to is the relationship between them and Aaron Gordon and making him more of an offensive focal point. Um, I'm going to, I mean, I said on the last podcast that it wasn't a big deal that the Nuggets didn't um, use Aaron Gordon through the fourth quarter in both overtimes. Um, That being said, um, a good way to lose a guy who is a um, guy who was a featured player on a team and coming to this is, is just to ignore him in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, I think Malone understood that uh, a bit. I thought he did, and then he had some troubling quotes before the game about just deciding to ride with Faku. Uh, in the fourth quarter uh, against the Grizzlies, which may have worked out, but that's not something you want to hear if you're a, an Aaron Gordon type who's been who's a veteran. Um, so that's something to monitor. But you could see the Nuggets making a concerted effort to incorporate Aaron Gordon into it vis-a-vis Nikola Jokic. And what they're doing is getting him the ball in the post, which I think, i got to disagree with my friend Adam Mata's, it's a good thing that they're doing this. Because they don't have a lot of options. Um, you can't have him be a pick-and-pop guy like like Port Jr. Um, you can't have him being a drive-and-slash guy like Will Barton. You need him to be the other guy. And I said this before, folks. The Nuggets run a lot of triangle. What they need to do is have, have Gordon, rather than being a scorer in that area have him have the option to make passes out of that, that post, make him the de facto pinch post. That is what they need to do um, because they can swing the ball around. And, and Gordon's a good passer. He can pass the ball. Uh, in fact, he's good. What they need more is people cutting more when he gets in the post. And then what you saw yesterday is the Nuggets making a deliberate attempt to get him the ball in the right area. I have zero problem with them getting the ball to him in the post. That's exactly what they need to do because there's no other area that they can get him involved in. Let's be honest, folks. There's the Nuggets as the, as the starting unit is currently constituted. There's not a lot of other areas available to Aaron Gordon to where he can start making plays other than on, on, on breaks. That is kind of the perfect way you can do it because I'm going to reiterate this again. And this is going to lead me into the second half of this episode where I talk about Will Barton uh, intensively. 
They do not need to recreate the offense that they were doing before. This is a fundamentally different team without Jamal Murray. And I think the Nuggets understand that. I don't think fans understand that yet. This Nuggets team is not the same. They, are, they have to fundamentally play differently. You can, this is not a plug-and-play situation. And that, ladies and gentlemen, leads me to the second half of this podcast where I will talk about Will Barton and his role and maybe how he can uh, differentiate his approach to them, the one that he's basically taking right now. The first... I'd like to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Masvidal and Usman put on a show the last time they stepped into the, the octagon. Round two was sure to pack a punch. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's uh, title fight with 26-1 to 1 odds on either title contender to reign victorious. Pick either main event fighter to win this, during this weekend's UFC 261 title fight, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 26 to 1 odds. Just bet $5 on either fighter to win, and if they walk out of the, the belt, out, out with the belt, you will cash in $130 in free bets. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the title contender of your choice wins. Place uh, your bet to watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code MHS to turn $5 into $130 in free bets if the fighter of your choosing Takes home the crown. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Will Barton is a bit of a lightning rod for Nuggets fans. Um, I th- I, I've said this before. I think he gets too much shit. Uh, I really do. It, it, there is a... There is an overreaction to what he does because uh, his mistakes are so loud. I said on Twitter yesterday that, um, in a reply to Ryan Blackburn, that it, it's, it, he makes the, it's a Twitter narrative that he gets a lot of crap, that he's a terrible player. Um, but at the same time, his mistakes and his decision-making is highly questionable. Um, and it kind of obscures the good stuff he does. So there are two ends of Will Barton. Um, and I've seen the last basically three games what has been attempted with Will Barton. And it's been more of a Will Barton has took it, taken it upon himself than a team-wide decision. If you notice this, Nuggets fundamentally are not playing the same way, as I pointed out in the last segment. The Nuggets are not... Um, approaching this, uh, the last, what has been like 18 games since, um, like of the season. So Jamal went out in game 19, uh, or excuse me. Yeah, whatever. But with, you know, with the remaining 18 games, they've gone four and no since. And this largely due to the amount of talent they had. It's not because they figured things out. The trend I'm seeing is Will Barton wanting to run two man game with Jokic. Here's the problem. 
Uh, Will Barton is not Jamal Murray. He doesn't play the same way. He doesn't have the same talent. He is completely different than Jamal Murray. Jamal tends to have better decision-making than Will Barton. Uh, when you run two-man game with Jokic, it's, it's more than just relying on Jokic to be, be the smartest guy in the room. You, you, you yourself have to be a certain way. And I think in this situation, I think where, where we are missing the boat and where Will Barton's missing the boat is that he is just fine as Will Barton. He doesn't need to be Jamal Murray. Uh, they don't need to recreate two-man games because what it is doing, and I'm coming back to what happened with Michael Porter Jr. the rest of the game, it is a ta- player with lesser talent abilities. Not in a, in a, I'm not meaning that as an insult. It's just we all know the difference between Michael Porter Jr. and... Uh, Will Barton on the offensive end. Uh, Will Barton tends to not be able to make layups. Will Barton, and sometimes his decision-making, is lacking. He's better as Will Barton being the wild card. He is, uh, you ever remember that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, <laughs> where Charlie was kept saying, wild card, bitches. That's, that's, that's. Will Barton, he's the wild card. He's the X factor. He's, he's the guy that that uh, kind of is the extra ingredient um, that takes a regular dish from uh, just really good to extra good, and that's him. That is who he is. The and I think it's square peg round hole territory. If they're trying to make, and I don't think it's a they thing. I think it's Will. Uh, trying to make him into Jamal Murray. They cannot run the same approach, right? And I think to the exclusion of Michael Porter Jr., Porter could have done more to get himself involved after his first quarter. But this was, and this is one of those situations where it wasn't Mike's fault. They were, they, the Blazers changed up their defense, but the Nuggets weren't exactly running stuff to get him free. It was outside of that uh, first minute of the third quarter. It became very obvious that what they were running wasn't going to work, so they just abandoned it. And it became Jokic and Barton trying to trying to do their variation of two-man game, which is not going to work. Like I said before, the Nuggets cannot, they cannot try to replicate what they used to do. They are talented enough to do something else. But the first part of this is understanding that Will Barton is not Jamal Murray. He is good enough as Will Barton. The Nuggets probably were better off running a little bit of two-game-hand game with him, with Faku and uh, um, uh, Jokic. It's it actually there were some plays that were actually pretty smooth running that way, particularly with you know, with Faku hitting some shots. But it was it was Will Barton. I think what what happens with Will is what I saw was that despite the Nuggets winning the game, the Nuggets offense was just clunky. It was uh, Jokic post ups. Or two-man game with Will Barton. And if Jokic isn't hitting at a prodigious rate, I mean, let's think of it this way, folks. The Nuggets probably should have won that game by at least 10. 
problem being that they just they just their offense was so damn clunky and the Blazers aren't exactly world-beating defensive team right and they're still muddling through but they've come to the like I said I don't think it's they but I think Will Barton because he's a veteran he has come to the wrong conclusion that he will need to replace Jamal that's not it they need to run a little bit more of the free-flowing offense have Jokic in the pivot Get him the ball to make him more, you know, uh, uh, just basically the crux. Because when you do two-man game, it kind of seeds control to Will Barton. They don't need to be doing that. Barton needs to be the wild card. Michael Porter Jr. probably needs to be the guy that gets a lot of the offensive actions. And what's been happening is Barton has been taking control basically from midway through the third quarter on. And the end-of-game offense is clunky. It relies on Barton trying to make layups, which, as we know, this year ain't a, ain't a thing that's going to happen. When you go to go from Murray, who's going to make those difficult layups, and he's going to get those that, that kind of mid-range game going, then you get Barton, whose decision-making isn't pure, and is struggling to make layups, your offense is going to be clunky, regardless of how many good shots he does, and and regardless of how many good decisions he makes. The Barton, the good decisions, and all that stuff, Will Barton being Will Barton, is completely separate from Will Barton trying to be Jamal Murray. And that is where we need to kind of diverge here. So, in my view, the Nuggets need to keep doing what they're doing with, with, with Aaron Gordon. Keep getting him the ball in the post, but have him be more of a playmaker. Get Michael and just be more creative with Michael Porter Jr. because it's starting to get a little ridiculous that that he will go quarters without touching the ball. And, two, and three, just have Will Barton be Will Barton, be that wild card, give the ball to Jokic and kind of get try to get him in to get Porter involved in the best ways. That is where the Nuggets need to change their offense. Forget the two man game stuff and go to what will work for you. All right. Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.